From the untamed wilderness to the freshwater shores of the greatest lakes, Michigan's Upper Peninsula is an outdoor lover's paradise and the country's best kept secret. My name is Kristen Ogenini, a lifelong youper and the newest host of the iconic UP Outdoors television program, Discovering, and it's my honor to carry on the tradition of the best outdoors storytellers of this region. So sit back, listen, and discover what it's like to live and play in this amazing place we call the UP. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Big Valley Ford, Dodge Chrysler Jeep in Ewan, Michigan, BAM Tools, Hardcore Outfitters of Iron Mountain, and Cooking Wild Seasonings. Welcome to the Discover the UP podcast. I'm Kristen Ogenimi. So I lied at the end of last week's podcast. I said we were going to give the topic of white-tailed deer a break and switch to something else. I changed my mind and we're still on the topic of deer and wolves because it's nearly impossible to talk about deer these days without talking about wolves. So last week on Discovering, I had a few interview subjects talking about the 2023 deer harvest and some of the factors causing the declining deer herd. One of those people was Gary Gorniak, president of the Straits Area Sportsman's Club, and I want to share his full interview with you. And I thought it's more relevant now than in a couple of weeks, since I have already posted two of the other interviews on the podcast and on YouTube. I met Gary last October at the NRC meeting that was held in the UP. He was there to listen to the DNR's presentation on wolf management in the event wolves are delisted federally and add public comment about the wolf population and talk about the wolf photo count he's conducting on the UP Wolves Only Facebook group. Collecting wolf trail camera photos from people across the UP and tallying them up, and he talks more about that in this interview. Gary wasn't the only sportsman or woman at the NRC meeting to voice their opinion on our wolf situation here. If it was just one or two voices out there saying there are too many wolves and far more than what the DNR estimates, that would be one thing. When it's coming out of the mouth of every other person, that's another. I can't even go to Mackinac Island without someone mentioning wolves. To be clear, there are no wolves on the island. It's just a hot topic of conversation here. I would like to see a public attitude survey about wolves just in the UP. Take the Lower Peninsula out of it. Maybe it's just the circles I run in, but most people feel the wolf population is out of control and there are far too many on the landscape. I'm not saying wolves don't belong here, because they do, and they are a very important part of the ecosystem, but remember, this is also a populated landscape. Sparsely populated, yes, compared to most parts of the lower 48, but populated nonetheless, and we need to coexist. The one thing wolves and hunters have in common they both hunt and eat deer. And for humans and wolves to coexist, we need to be able to manage their populations. Since wolves are currently on the endangered species list in the Great Lakes regions, we cannot. Well, I guess we can manage their populations to increase their numbers, but not to decrease their numbers. I'll save the rest of my own thoughts for another day, as I'm sure this isn't the last podcast about wolves this year. So back to Gary's interview, we talk about the last deer season, what he feels the deer population is, his wolf trail camera survey, 
his support for the new DNR Wolf Trail camera survey, creating wildlife habitat, and how he, as well as many other UP hunters, feels the increased wolf population is what is driving our low deer population today. Okay, uh, my name is Gary Gorniak. I'm vice president uh, of the Upper Sportsman's Alliance. I'm president of the Straits Area Sportsman's Club, and I am vice chair of the East DNR Citizen Advisory Council. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How long have you been at all this? Oh, geez. I think on the CAC, I've been, gosh, I'm thinking 2012. So I've been on there a long time. I keep re upping all the time. It's kind of like gets in your blood, you know. And uh, it's a good good organization just to belong to. Find out, you get all, once a month you get the division reports, tells you everything that's going on in the Upper Peninsula. Law enforcement issue, parks and recreation, wildlife, fisheries, everything is in those uh, division reports. And I really appreciate those. I think, I think they should be publicized a little bit more. So I know the West gets the same thing on the West End, we get the East End. As far as the Straits Area Sportsman's Club, I've been president of that organization for about 10 years. Vice President of the Upper Princess Sportsman's Alliance, probably around six years. So, anyways, so as far as um, what we we're going to talk about deer, the deer, okay. the deer herd, the last deer season, what the last deer season. Okay, so yeah, we're a little disappointed in the in the deer season, and it's not hasn't really been a surprise to us. Okay. We have been talking to the Natural Resources Commission and the DNR about problems that are that are happening within you know within the Upper Peninsula and are affecting our deer herd. And one of the main problems is, and this is contrary to what the DNR is going to tell you, one of the main problems are wolves. Okay, and um, there's just so many factors that are showing us the wolf population is doing a lot more damage than they say they are, okay? One of the problems we're having is the, they're saying the wolf population is at least 631. Well, we seem to believe that there's a lot more. I think the average wolf population will be up around 2,000, okay, average. And when you're trying to calculate the, the damage that 631 wolves will do compared to the damage of 2,000 wolves, there's a substantial difference, and, and it's pretty much agreed upon that one wolf will, will take out about 30 deer a year. Okay, so those are, those are some big numbers. Um, other things that are going on, there's a lot more things that I would like to see happen as far as with the, 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 with the DNR. There's a lot of things we can do. There's, you know, in particular, the UPSA has been talking to the NRC and the DNR about let's stop cutting cedar and hemlock in the Upper Peninsula. And we can't get them to stop. We've been, we've been pounding on them for that for about five years. And they, they basically tell us, well, you're not, we're not really in deer yarding areas and uh, we're not affecting. Yes, they are. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's something that's, that's like a no-brainer. And I believe as far as the, the deer in, in, in the UP, we can, there's a lot we can do. I mean, we got the drip where, we, where the DNR puts out grants to, to organizations to do habitat work on, on non-state lands, okay? That program really, really, really should be expanded tremendously. It's been $100,000 for a few years now. I think it was 50000 before that, then it went to 100000 It really should be about 300000 because this is where 
different organizations across the state could get involved and work and work on habitat, creating habitat. We've done a lot with uh, the habitat work. The Straits Area Sportsman's Club, we've worked, we've put a partnership together between the Rough Grouse Society and the Forest Service, okay? And we, we've, for the last five to six years, we've created hundreds of acres of wildlife habitat on federal land, in particular, the Hiawatha National Forest, okay? That program should definitely be, things like that should happen UP-wide. You know, we've done a lot of work, but compared to the whole UP, it's like a grain of sand on a beach. It's not enough. It needs to be desperately in handed. And I know the DNR talks a lot about, okay, you know, we, we only control 20% of the Upper Peninsula. There should be something, and there's deer, a lot of the deer yards are on private land. Well, there should be some sort of a, maybe a tax credit or something where, where the private landowners can leave and enhance these deer yards, okay? Hunting in particular in the state of Michigan is an $8.9 billion industry, okay? And in the UP, uh, we're going to take a big hit on that, okay? Basically what's happening is um, the hunters aren't seeing the deer and they're going to go someplace else, okay? I know so many people that are just basically refusing to hunt. I myself have hunted in my general area in Moran for 55 years and I could not find a shootable buck in my area, okay? As far as, and I, I'm, I would say basically I hunt 10 miles around, 10 mile radius around my house. That's a start. I mean, I've always done very well in, uh, you know, deer hunting in the UP. And the last few years, it's been on a downturn. It just seems like the, there's always been wolves in Michigan. Don't ever, you know, but it seems like they're increasing in numbers and have, a, have to really increase in the numbers over the last, say, five or six years. The numbers just seem to be going astronomic. Now, that's contrary to what the DNR is going to tell you. The DNR tells you, well, the wolf population in the UP has been between six and 700 animals for, for 10 years, and, and the population is stable. It's not stable. It's out of control, okay? So it's, a lot has to be done, okay? And, and first off, like I've mentioned before many times, before we can fix a problem, we have to admit the problem. And we're not there yet with the DNR, okay? And I, I wish we could, you know, I, I've talked many times in front of the NRC, and when I close my conversation with the NRC, I basically say that the UP sportsmen's are here to help, are here to work with the NRC and the DNR, you know, to get things back in line. And I haven't been contacted. <laughs> I mean, we have the deer initiative. I'm, I'm happy about that. Okay, hopefully it'll progress. I don't like some of the stuff that's within it. They're telling me they want to put non-deer hunters on the initiative. I'm not real happy about that. It, you know, it's, it's just, you're not going to put, if you have a hiking trails group or a committee, you don't put ATV people on hiking groups' tails, right? Because you're not going to get nothing done, okay? You've got to put deer hunters, people that are avid deer hunters and that want to work to get the situation better. That's what you got to do. 
Two examples that the DNR is doing very well, the Bear Forum and the Fur Bears Forum. They have all the stakeholders in a group. They listen, they come up with ideas, and they actually work together, and they've worked very, very well. There is no reason that this deer hunter initiative can't be done in the same manner. So what else would you like to know? I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's so many things going on. And, and I would also like to include that, you know, there's a lot of excellent DNR personnel that are taking a hit on this because a lot of the people are really upset with the DNR. I know these people. I work with them on the, CAAs, on the CACs. I've worked with them doing habitat work, spotlight surveys, and fishing surveys, fishnets. I've done all this stuff. Those guys are hardworking people, okay? And they take their job very seriously. So what's the problem? Politics. Plain and simple, politics. And until we can change that thing around, we're going we're gonna to be suffering with, with the thing and the, and the way things are going. And, and the Upper Peninsula are not very encouraging. We've got a very, very mild winter coming this year. It should erase any thought of, okay, so it's not the deer. We lost a lot of deer because the, the winter, was severe last, winter was severe last year. No, we're not going to lose very many. The deer, still, there's still in the, a lot of them are around the deer yarding areas, but there's a lot of deer still free-ranging in what we're seeing. So uh, I hope that we can, we can get things together. We can actually work together with the DNR and... Uh, and we still do, okay? Um, back two or three years ago when they were talking about um, bringing in the mandatory deer registration, a lot of the hunters don't like that. So the DNR and the NRC asked the UPSA, will you guys, will you guys go along with it? Absolutely. You know why? Because hard numbers are better than estimates, okay? All the time. So now that we have hard numbers, we're finding that we're not in good shape, okay? Another thing that basically the NRC and the DNR asked us to go along with, and I'm talking about the UPSA, is the new camera survey. And basically, we are in full agreement. Pictures don't lie, okay? So we're in full agreement with, with working with the DNR and, and get something out there that's accurate. We, we want something that is accurate. We don't want to every time we, we say something that the DNR comes and contradicts us, okay? There is not one hunting and fishing organization in the DNR that goes along with the DNR's theory that the wolves don't have anything to do with the, with the de, de, um, decline in the, in the deer herd in the Upper Peninsula. And, and you're talking about a lot of people with indigenous knowledge, okay, knowledge that they've, 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 they're avid hunters, avid trappers, and basically, oh no, you guys are all washed up. Wolves have nothing to do with it. Yes, they do. And uh, um, so I think that we ought to get together with the DNR and work together on this. I mean, I'll be more than glad to debate anybody in the DNR as far as what we're seeing and what you're seeing, okay? Because we're not seeing stuff to see. And I've, and I've talked about it at the CACs, okay? I can take a lot of the DNR's own figures and turn it around on them, okay? You know, so the DNR is telling us, well, you know, there's a lot more coyotes in the Upper Peninsula than there are wolves. 
Really? The DNR's camera survey, you know, said there's 42, they had pictures of 4,200 uh, wolves and 2,900 coyotes. Well, how can that be? You know, and by the way, 10,000 bears, and on their camera survey, they had 7,900 pictures. I think it was 7,900 pictures. But in comparison to what the wolves are, something's out of sync here, okay, is what we're saying. And another thing that the DNR relies on is the uh, Upper Peninsula, the Deer Camp Survey. For the last three years, two years, two of the last three years, people are seeing more wolves than coyotes in these surveys. Now, the survey for 2023 is not out yet, but I will guarantee you that it'll be the same. People are seeing more wolves than coyotes. I know my camp this year, we had seven hunters, and basically we didn't get a deer. Four of my hunters never saw a deer that hunt from dawn till dark, and we saw five wolves. Okay? That's, that's something. That's eyes in the field. That's a million people out there. And another thing, I mean, me as being just a common sportsman, I've had trail cameras for 10, 12 years, okay? And I've had, always had wolves on trail cameras. This year, I've got pictures of 65 wolves on my trail cameras. They're not set for wolves. They're set trying to find deer. That's, that's amazing. So, Kristen, you got any more questions? I covered a lot of ground there. It might have jumped around a bit. but Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Cooking Wild Seasonings. Cooking Wild Seasonings. Flavor and meat. Just mix, heat, and eat. That simple? You bet. Now even easier with our new grab-and-go four-pack cartons. Four combinations to choose from. Whitetail Hunter, Deer Camp, Summer Sausage, and Fresh Sausage. Make it fresh, make it yours. Make it easy. Grab a four-pack today. Available at various locations, including all Chris Northwood's neighborhood store locations. Find out more about Cooking Wild Seasonings at cookingwildseasonings.com. Obviously, the DNR says they can't do anything about the wolves because they're federally endangered. Do you feel that there is something the DNR can do? Yes, I'm going to tell you something. First off, you know, this is the DNR, but the state of Michigan, our attorney general, wrote a letter to the judge that relisted the wolves, encouraging to keep the wolves um, to keep the wolves listed as endangered. Okay, the Attorney General of Michigan. I know the DNR says they have nothing to do with the department, but that's a good start. Okay, now another thing we can do is we can stop saying the wolf is uh, population has been stable in the last ten years, and we have between six and seven hundred. If we actually publish the the, the correct amount of two thousand. I think it might even possibly change public opinion of it, might even change the delisting process. Oh, geez, instead of 600, you got 2,000. It's going to do a lot more, a lot more damage than, uh, uh, than the 630 that they keep telling us there are. And um, there was a letter um, that was floating around across the UP. Did you see it from John Berglund? Yeah, I did. You sent it to me. Yeah. Okay. So basically, that's something that's happening. Here's a guy, he's got 600 acres in the Upper Peninsula, just about a square mile. He put in 12 food plots, and he's got four deer, all the deer season coming in. The same four deer. I mean, that's, that's really food plots. They should draw in the deer 
and it, they just it's just it's a very sad story really because that's just one story and it's happening all throughout there are deer camps many deer camps in the Newberry area um, have been sold simply because of the lack of deer who's gonna go schedule a hunting trip in an area where there's no or very few deer not many people same thing if you're a fisherman you're not going to schedule a fishing trip to a lake that has no let, no fish or very few fish. You're going to go to where the fish is at. So, anyways. Um, you mentioned uh, other examples being people that feed deer on a regular basis. Oh, yes. Well, that was a, I gave a, a survey report. I surveyed some camps that uh, did supplemental winter deer feeding in, in 2021. And I asked them basically how many deer they're feeding today to the amount of deer they fed five, six years ago. And it's amazing, the numbers that went down. And I only used, I, I got a lot more names in places, but I told the people what I was going to do. I said, I'm going to put this out there. I need your approval to use your name and your exact location. And some of us said, well, I'd appreciate it if you didn't use my name. So I only used the people names that, I, that gave me permission. But as you can see, some of the places, UP Whitetails, where they were feeding 1,100 deer, and they're down to three to 400. The town of Hubert, which is just a little bit to the west. If you ever been in a town of Hubert in the wintertime, five, 10 years ago, thousands of deer in that town used to come into that town, and there would be deer. Everybody in the whole town fed deer. Okay, you just pull in with a snowmobile and there's deer running all over the place. I talked to um, the guy that feeds the deer, George Planick, I think is his name. And uh, he said basically that they're, at that particular time in 2021, I believe, they're down from 1,000 deer per day to 125. Now, I believe that things have changed. So I don't, I can't, those are, those are 2021 numbers. 2022 and 23 may be different, but, but anyways, one of the things that did stymie me about giving that right to the NRC is I would have thought that the DNR would actually go to these people and, and, you know, talk to them, okay? So I called them all up, I think, at the end of May, and I asked them, I said, anybody from the DNR contact you? Nope. I mean, you would think that that is an, a major issue because it's, it's starting to show the decline, okay, right off the bat. These are, and many of these people that I named are well-known to the DNR, okay? And nothing happened. Nobody called us. Nobody, nothing, nobody did nothing. They didn't even contact me when I did the survey. So things like that, we got to start working together because we're, what we're seeing and what the DNR is saying is not matching, okay? We've got to work together, and I'm here to work with you, believe me. So... We just got to get something done. I came from the construction industry, okay? And I didn't hire guys that gave me a bunch of excuses. I hired guys that got stuff done. And basically, that's what we're getting from the DNR right now. Well, deer hunting was down. Well, it was too warm opening day. Well, it rained. All this. They're turning into a giant excuse mill. We want action. The deer initiative is a good start. Let's make it and make it right. That's what I'm going to... I'm going to tell them because uh, we're, a lot of us youpers are dependent on it. The, the DNR is the, is the management of wildlife in the Upper Peninsula, okay? And we got to get the politics out of it. That's a big thing. 
But I think with public opinion, and it's one of the reasons I'm doing writing the articles and stuff that I do, is try to get public opinion behind our size because public opinion will sometimes guide politics. You know that yourself. So, so that's what we're trying to do. Okay, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a way to go. So I've done everything else. I can't, <laughs> I can't even uh, think of uh, anything else that we can do. So. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by BAM Tools. My friend Andrew wants to help support this podcast, but didn't know how he should advertise his business, so here goes. BAM Tools is a small, family-owned, and operated business out of Ewan, Michigan, but they cover the entire UP, delivering tools to all sorts of businesses. Inside the tool truck are hand tools, power tools, automotive shop supplies, and so much more. I should tell Andrew I need a new Grizzly cooler, preferably blue. BAM Tools is also a tech tire supplies distributor, and Travis is the guy behind the wheel of that truck. So if you see Andrew or Travis in a BAM Tools truck, tell them thanks for supporting this podcast. Gary has been at this quite a few years, telling the DNR that the deer herd is declining and we have a problem here. This past deer season, with the numbers being so low, was that almost a blessing in disguise to really signal, hey, we have a problem, something needs to be done about this? Well, I don't know if it's a blessing. It's just disheartening is what it is, okay? It's because, and I'm not the type of person to say, I told you so, I'm not. Okay, I'm saying, let's work together and remedy this problem. But like I tell you, we've got to come up with a consensus on what the problem is. We all agree we, that we could use more habitat, okay? We all agree that deer die in the wintertime, okay? But there's another factor that people leave out of it all the time, okay? Typically, when deer go to a deer yarding area, they go there for protection and for food. So basically what they do is they just basically lay there in the wintertime and chew their cud and just last out the winter the best they can. Well, that's not happening now, okay? What's happening now is the wolves are in the deer yards and they're roasting the deer. So what is happening is that these deer are utilizing a lot of the energy that they're that was meant to make their, so they get to the winter, they're, they're using that energy to get away from the wolves. And uh, Russ Mason, our old head wildlife guy, used to call that secondary predation. He knew the problem, and uh, it's still a problem today. So, um, you said deer that you've harvested haven't had any fat on them, right? You told me that. They what? They don't have any fat on them just because they're so lean from being run so much? You know, I process my own deer. And I, the last deer I processed was in 2000. My grandson got a deer in the deer season. And that buck had very little fat on it, okay? Very little fat on it. The deer, deer habits have changed dramatically. Deer patterns have changed dramatically. I, we're not seeing, you could see, you could pick up a, a deer on a camera, a buck, and you not see him for a week. I found four scrapes, and I like hunting deer scrapes, okay? It's a sign, well, you got a nice big buck, especially a big scrape, see a big foot right in the middle? He says, well, boy. I found four of those this year, okay? And I put my cameras back. I, I don't put cameras right on them because I know, I don't care for the blackout camera or regular camera, they scare the deer. 
but I just wanted to see if it's being active, and you can tell. Those bucks made that scrape and never came back to it. I'm going, geez, that's crazy. It's just, usually they come back at least every couple of days. And if you pick up a deer, you wouldn't see it for another week. Um, I, I, like I told you before, I live on Brevoort Lake, and one of my neighbors feeds the deer. The deer stay right in the houses, right in amongst the houses. We got deer out on perimeter now and then, but not as many as I pick farther back out in the woods away from the housing. So that's, the, the wolves have definitely changed the way the deer pattern and, and, and their migration, their, everything they do right now. And I think a lot of it is they're, 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 running the, they're running the deer to death, plain and simple. Getting back to the, that survey I did with the groups that feed, you know, the deer, the DNR keeps saying, well, winter kill and and uh, lack of habitat is the, the biggest problem we have, you know, with, with the deer herd. Well, you know, okay, I get that. I agree with that. No, no, there's no argument there, but why, if they're starving to death, how come they're not showing up at the feeding sites? They should be there, but they're not. The reason they're not is because they're not there, <laughs> plain and simple. So I hope we can think, change things around. Uh, I, like I said before, I've worked with a lot of DNR biologists, fisheries and wildlife, parks and recreation, CAC. Those are all great, hard-working people. And they're basically taking a hit on this, okay? And it's, it's really not their fault. It's every, this is politics, okay? So that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But, so what else you got? Anything more? Any other questions? Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Big Valley Ford Dodge Chrysler Jeep in Ewan, Michigan. When I'm traveling around the UP, I'm surprised and not surprised by how often the vehicle in front of me has a Big Valley sticker on it. Big Valley Ford Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is located in the tiny town of Ewan on the west end of the Upper Peninsula. People from across the region buy their new and used cars and trucks from Big Valley and they drive all the way back to Ewan to get them serviced. Which reminds me, I'm probably due for an oil change myself. I'm on my fourth new Ford vehicle with over half a million miles under their tires, so I'm probably due for a tire rotation too. Big Valley is a one-stop shop for all your vehicle needs with a full service department, parts department, and body shop. I got caught in a hailstorm once with my last truck and they made it look just like new. If you're looking for a new or used vehicle, go see them in Ewan or check out their inventory online at bigvalley.biz. I asked Gary his thoughts on the predator-prey survey that was done a number of years back. Well, that was basically a fawn predation survey. It wasn't, you know, how wildlife predates on fawns, okay? And it was done in three areas, Crystal Falls, Barraga, and I think someplace around Escanaba, okay? And... It's, uh, it, you know, predators do what predators do, okay? I believe that the wolf population was a lot lower at that time. And the wolf population is not consistently even across the UP, okay? There's areas that have higher contents of wolves, and there's areas that have lower contents of wolves. So um, if you're in an area that has a lower contents of wolves, you may have a good season, okay? 
And if you're in an area with high contents of wolves, you're going to have a bad season. And that'll shift, okay? The wolves will run out of deer in this area, and they move on, okay? So that's what's happening. The 2022 DNR wolf survey showed that the wolf population density increased in the east end, and perhaps wolves were migrating east. You won't get any argument from me. You know, like I was, like I was saying, why do we know that? Well, because trappers are catching more wolves than ever right now. I had a trapper in Raber Township call me up, caught 11 wolves last year in 2023. 11. He's trapping for coyotes, and he caught 11 wolves. But that's pretty much the same, and you can talk to a lot of the trappers in this area. I'll give you the phone numbers if you want, and they'll tell you exactly. The trappers are catching more wolves now than they ever have. It's not uncommon for, for a trapper to catch two, three wolves a year, trapping for coyote. Then they got to release the wolf and, you know, do everything that they have to. Right now, a lot of them don't want to call the DNR because you lose a half a day or a day by the time the DNR comes out there and releases the wolf, you're, you're tied up for a day. So a lot of the guys have been coming up with their own system to release the wolves themselves. So I, I trap a little. I used to be a pretty avid trapper when I was younger, but I don't do it as much anymore. But now and then I, I stick out a coyote trap, and I both caught a, coy- a wolf last year. Mm-hmm. I see the, the wolf was circling my trap, and I haven't caught a coyote in four years on a, in a trap. A point people have brought up to me is that the beaver population should be exploding with the lack of trappers out there these days, but they are not a possible sign of a high wolf population. Well, 20% of the wolf diet is beaver. They're easy to catch, you know, when they're, when they're out of the streams. So that, that really doesn't surprise me. And yeah, that's the same. I'm, I'm hearing the same thing. We should have wall-to-wall beavers and we don't. We got wall-to-wall wolves instead. But sooner or later, the wolves are going to run out of deer, okay? Then they're going to go run out of beaver. And to put it bluntly, you know, they're going to start starving to death. They're going to start infighting in the wolves, and they'll kill each other. And I think I mentioned that before. I said, that's not the way we want to manage the wildlife in in the UP, through starvation and infighting, okay? We want to manage wildlife. We want the right amount of wolves. We want the right amount of deer. We want the right amount of beaver. It's up to us to do that. And um, so it's hopefully we can come to some, some sort of consensus and, uh, and, and, and agree on something because, like I said, we probably have, in the UPSA, we got 40 different sportsmen's organizations, okay? There's not one of those organizations that believe what the DNR is telling us about wolves. And there's a lot of seasoned people that spend a lot of time in the woods. And uh, we got maybe one or two biologists saying, ah, those guys are all full of it. They don't know what they're talking about. No, we do know what we're talking about. And, and what's happening right now is proof, because we've been talking about it for years. It's just not something that we just picked up. A lot of the th- times what I do, even in the summertime after a rain, I'll hop on my side-by-side and I just go up and down the back trails and just see what's moving around. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of wolf track. I don't think in the East UP, and especially in the area that I'm at, I would be surprised if we had more than two deer, three deer per square mile, which is extremely low mm-hmm. as far as being in the UP. You know, at one time, at one time we, 
in the UP, they estimated the deer population in the UP to three to 400,000, if you can imagine that. I don't think it's 150,000 now. It would be a, be a stretch. That's just my uneducated, unscientific guess. What would be a good number, though? I mean, like, what is enough to deer for human hunters, for the predators? Yeah. And when they say they want to minimize conflicts as part of the deer management plan, you know, it would be like a magic. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a balancing act, and sometimes it goes kilter one way or the other way, but now it's tiltering way one way, okay? And that's what we have to fix. They're the managers. We want to work with the managers, and, but they got to listen to us a little bit. Just don't say, yeah, that, that don't make sense. You got to, you got to listen to the guys that, that spend thousands upon thousands of hours in the, in the field, and they're just not doing it right now. And I think that a lot of the biologists feel the way I do, okay? And uh, I just wish that, <laughs> there again, I'm going to blame it on politics, but um, I just wish we could uh, have some sort, of, some sort of remedy because it's affecting the UPers a lot, okay? The UP is basically maybe a little less than a third land mass of the Upper Peninsula. And, you know, so it's a substantial section of people, okay? We, we, we like the, the jobs that the deer hunting brings in, the snowmobiling brings in. Right now we're taking a hit on snowmobiles, but that's Mother Nature. So what we can do is, is pray to change that. But, but the wildlife, we're in command of that, and we should be able to do something better. Okay, I thank you for, uh, for letting me talk. I hope, uh, I hope all the right people listen. And uh, I hope we can come to some sort of consensus and get this thing moving in the right direction. Because like I told you before, the sportsmen are here to work with the NRC and the DNR to get things back on track. Today's Discover the UP podcast is brought to you by Hardcore Outfitters of Iron Mountain. Hardcore Outfitters strives to promote and instill an enjoyment of the outdoors for all ages and individuals. Whether you're already an avid outdoors person who enjoys the thrill of the hunt or newly learning the art of archery, sharpen your skills at their indoor archery range and check out their line of products from Matthews, Hoyt, Fair, Raven, Centerpoint, Tenpoint, and Wicked Ridge. If being on the water drives your passion and has you hooked, they have an impressive selection of year-round fishing gear, plus a full-service bait shop and the largest selection for fly fishing the UP. Go to Hardcore Outfitters in Iron Mountain, tell them I sent you, and discover what outdoor hobby or adventure awaits you. And I should have mentioned something else, but the, the UP, the Michigan DNR, is the only one that uses the minimum wolf count. Mm-hmm. Minnesota and Wisconsin use the average. And so do the other states, uh, Montana, Idaho. Most states use the average amount. For some reason, Minnesota, I mean Michigan, uses the low amount. Wisconsin now and then will give you a range. There are between, you know, 900 and 1,200 wolves in West. At least give you a range. Well, the problem with the 631 they put out there is that when all these different media outlets go, well, there's only 631 wolves. They leave out at least part, okay? But you look at the Detroit News and all Michigan Live and all these stations, there's only 631 wolves in the Upper Peninsula. That's not very many. Big place like that. But you start putting 
into perspective as if, uh, you know, all the damage that they're doing. And wolves do a lot of damage. Wolves, I've watched wolves. I've seen wolves. I, I watch the way they hunt. They are excellent hunters. They hunt together. I've seen one wolf to detract deer while other wolves will, will come back around the other side. It's, it's very interesting. They are excellent at what they do. A pack of wolves will kill a grizzly bear, no doubt. I get a lot of people on our UP Wolves Only site, okay, that send me pictures of deer that have been killed by wolves and, you know, there's a pile of bones and stuff there, and I'm going, we all know the deer, the wolves do that, okay, so I'm just going to leave that stuff off. What I'm just trying to keep is, this is the pictures of wolves, okay, and this is what the people send me across the UP, and we categorize, and like I showed you the map, where... Uh, so many wolves, and, and, and we don't say this is a wolf count, this is a wolf activity. We're very specific in saying wolf activity because it goes up and down. Yeah. So, anyways, but it's since April, we've gotten what, 2,400? I got my map right here. I can't even remember. I got a good memory, it's just short. <laughs> 2,341. But That's photos of wolves. Yeah, pictures of wolves, right. Could be the same. You know, some people say, well, you probably got, uh, you know, pictures of the same wolf a couple of times. I go, yeah, absolutely, probably. I don't know, you know. But that's one thing about the technology that the DNR is using. It's kind of interesting. You were at the CAC meeting, and you've seen the, the whole presentation by Tyler. Tyler's going to be at the UPSA meeting on February 17th, and we're going to question them more about what's going on. I found a couple of the DNR cameras, and in fact, one was pointing towards the ground. I stood it back up. We gotta get these pictures. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, like I'm saying, it's, we're in complete favor of it. I think it's, it'll give us a lot better. And with the AI, AI program that they have, that they plan to implement within a year or two, is it'll identify an individual wolf, which means that if it gets a picture of a wolf at this camera, and you get another picture of the same wolf 10 miles away, it'll identify that same wolf, okay? So basically what it'll do, it'll give you a pattern of how that, deer, how that wolf was moving, okay? I, I should probably point out one more thing to you, I won't, and I'll shut up. You know, the DNR is two CACs. They got a Citizen Advisory Council in the East and a Citizen Advisory Council in the West. When they were redoing the wolf management plan, okay, both CACs, the East and the West, passed a resolution to basically what we wanted is to include a wolf and hunting trapping season across the whole UP and basically set the, the ground to, okay, what, what are we going to put in place? We're gonna, this is how we're going to do that, okay? And we also put it into place that we would like the wolf population brought down to a certain number. That certain number was 350. That was passed unanimously by the East UA, East CAC, and it was passed by 78% of the West CAC. It got left out of the wolf management plan. Here's something that the UPERS asked for, and the, the NR says, no, we're not even putting that in there. So you can't keep saying, you can't keep saying, we hear you, and don't do anything about it. If you hear us, listen to us, and work together with us, that's what we're saying.
they're effectively delisted tomorrow, it's going to take, we're not going to have a hunt the next day, it's going to take. Well, if you remember, what was supposed to happen in October is that the, the, D, the NRC gave the DNR, they wanted a pattern of how we could have a wolf management hunt, and they were supposed to come up with that and, and release it at the NRC meeting in Escanaba last October. All as we got is we got the DNR talked for a half hour, giving us all the excuses while they couldn't do that. Excuses are a diamond. We don't need excuses. We need action. We need plans to get stuff done. I spoke in front of the DNR. I had a whole speech ready. I threw the speech away and I just basically said, you know, and I just winged it. Because I, I was, after listening to all that and having our hopes up that they were finally going to do something, and they, they went right out the window, okay? Basically what I say to do, and it's, I think it's on your uh, program, I watched it on Facebook, basically this UP used to be a mecca for deer hunters. People used to come up here from, from other states and other areas to deer hunt in the UP. Now it's a laughing stock. You know, you've heard of Boone and Crockett, haven't you? Okay, they list the top 10 states in the United States for trophy deer. The number one state, Wisconsin. Right next to the UP, the number one state. The number four state, Minnesota, next to Wisconsin. The number five state, Ohio. Ohio. On our southern border, we didn't even place in the top ten. Michigan is not mentioned at all in the top ten. You think we got problems? We got problems. I don't just like complaining because complaining is easy. But I always like coming up with solutions. Okay, that's why we do the habitat programs that we do, like I was telling you about in Hiawatha. You know, people complain, well, there's, we, we, there's no fish in the lake, or the fishing's getting bad. So we did, this is at the Straight Tear Sportsman's Club, we've stocked Brevoort Lake and other lakes with walleyes that we've raised in partnership with the DNR. That's what these, this is some of these, these guys bend over backwards for it to get this done, okay? So we're actually doing stuff. We're not just complaining there's no fish, there's no deer, we create habitat, we build partnerships with, with Rough Grouse Society, with the Forest Service, and sometimes it's just frustrating when I hear, when I hear the DNR basically say that we only control 20% of the Upper Peninsula, but if they would include the Forest Service, that would be 40% of the Upper Peninsula, which is substantial, okay? They could get things done. Well, they tell me, well, the Forest Service runs the forest. We can't do anything about that. I'm president of the Straight Tear Sportsman's Club. I have a partnership with the Forest Service to create habitat on Forest Service land. I've created hundreds of acres of wildlife habitat. To, to date, which is, I'd say, the last six years, we've completed over $240,000 worth of wildlife habitat in the East UP. So don't tell me that you don't have any control. You being the DNR, don't have any control over the feds. If you need the people to talk to, call me. I'll give you their name and address. They'll work with you. But you got to get out and do it. And that's what we've done. <laughs> It's 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 the easiest thing in the world is to complain. Believe me, and I do it. But I'm trying to get people to change their thinking. But I'm also sh I'm doing it with results. Okay, 
we are. We've got, we've got the lakes are getting better. They're, they're doing better. We're catching more fish, okay? I got guys working on a habitat project. And some of these habitat projects take us a month in the summertime, okay? And they're eight miles from my house. So I drive there every five days a week, and I work with them. My guys, too. Last year, in the habitat project we did, we've seen one deer. All those people driving out there. And they come out there and they're going, Gary, why are we doing this? There's no deer. There's no deer. Why are we doing this? And I say, well, maybe someday. <laughs> We're doing it for our kids. <laughs> what else can I say? I want to keep, I'm still going to continue the habitat projects, even though, because there's other things involved. When you're talking about wildlife habitat, we're not only talking about deer, okay? We're talking about habitat for grouse, turkeys, rabbits, everything. That's what it is, and that's what we do, okay? So now that I talked your ear off. <laughs> All good stuff. All good stuff. <laughs> A big thanks to Gary for chatting with me, and thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next Discover the UP podcast.